Yay. Okay. So we are, I think we're live. And let me just fix this here. Fix the cameraman. Yes. And yes. Okay. So how are you, Linda, besides all that, besides me running my mouth? <laughs> Hope everything's okay. Good. All right. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking I'm gonna be leaving the fifteenth of June, so I'm you know, kind of doing a little bit of stuff every day. All right. Okay. So let me just check the YouTube, the YouTubers. Yep. Oh, I got to change. Yeah, a lot of different things changing. So let me just check. Things are changing. Yeah, yeah. Let me light the sage. Hi, folks. Come on in. Hi, Linda. I mean, um, I said hi, Linda. Hi, <laughs> hi, Barb. Is that Barb? No, that's Rain. Hi, Rain. And Barb. Hi, Barb. And hi, Sharon. Sharon. Yay. Yay. Hi, ladies. Do you notice that lately we have mostly ladies in here, except for when Gary or G pop in? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Can you all hear Linda today? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Let me turn you up a little bit, Linda. Can you guys hear Linda? Here's some sage. I forgot to light it. Me and Linda were ch chatting, and I forgot to light the Yay, sage. Yay, they can hear me. Awesome. Finally. Good. Thank you, Sharon. We finally got that worked out. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you have to say it like that, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the only thing about lighting the sage is that I always burn my hand when this gets too hot. Oh my God, I love when I burn this. I've been burning this all week. This this um this new bundle I have lasts a long time. Here you go, ladies. Welcome to the Indigo Room. Here's your stage for the evening. Yes. Have that. So how is everybody tonight? How are you? How was your week? How are you, Sharon? How are you, Barb? How are you, Rain? Rain, it's so good to, to um, have you back in the house. They finally hear you. I'm so glad. Oh my goodness. I think I, 
have to get matched. You know what? I'm going to go to the stove. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hold on a minute. That is getting on my nerves. That whole lighter thing is driving me nuts. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Fire. All right. There we go. We're on fire now. There you go. There it is. Wafting. Yes. Delicious. Welcome to the Indigo Room. My name is Sydney Chase. For all of my old subscribers and members, welcome. You know how it goes around here. And if you're new to the Indigo Room, welcome, welcome, welcome. Please do me a favor before we get started. Hit the thumbs up button. <laughs> Woo. I had a great week so far. Things are going wonderful. And uh, apparently YouTube got knocked out on Sunday. I thought it was just me, but YouTube got knocked out too. Linda let me know. They had an outage. So um, right as I was talking and then people couldn't upload and it was all kinds of craziness happening. So uh yeah, it wasn't just me. But we managed to um, pop over to Instagram and hang out together for a little bit. Me, Linda, and Barb, and um, Jack Hay. <laughs> and we chit-chatted a little bit. And then, you know, we uh, rolled out. So it was a good Sunday. Nonetheless, we made the announcements of who the winners were. So we're going to get to that again. If you weren't here on Sunday, we'll make the announcement again. And... Um, Hopefully by this weekend, you know, if things slow down, I can actually sit down and order everything and ship it out to you. But I do need your address. Sharon emailed me and gave me her address. So um, the rest of you who won, you're going to have to give me your address so I can mail everything to you. So welcome to the Indigo Room. I am Sydney Chase, and this is where we, us, people, discuss all things spiritual, right? And by that, I mean that we are non-physical spiritual beings having physical human experiences. Life is supposed to be good, supposed to be delicious, supposed to be wonderful, even when it's what? Wicky-wacky. Because <laughs> sometimes life gets wicky-wacky. You know, we got all kinds of vibrations going on, some we don't even know about. And then, you know, we hit a, hit, a, hit a brick wall and we go, where did that come from? What, did I do that? What happened? How come that happened to me? So we have things in our toolbox. We got toolbox. God is in us. Goddess, source, your higher being. And um, that's what we talk about here in the Indigo Room. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, we are going to tickle our amygdala like we do every week. And we are going to be, you know what? I don't want to set my house on fire. Why did I put that over next to the paper? Okay. All right, I think I'm good now. <laughs> We're going to be tickling our amygdala. And tonight we are reading Resurrection by Neville Gardens. We're back on Resurrection. I know we flip-flop. This is what we do here in the Indigo Room. One week we read Resurrection by Neville, and the next week we do the I Am Discourses. So we go back and forth. But they work hand in hand, especially, you know, somebody asked me one day, 
Well, I don't think Neville and the I Am Discourses, um, Sydney, go together. How do, how do you have, how could you do them together? You know why? Because they go together. That's why. They go together. When you shake them up, they make a great salad. <laughs> so um, let's see who else just popped in. I can't, why can't I see this today? Oh, there we go. I guess I had to put my um, thing back a little bit. B.J. Moore's in the house. Barb said she had an interesting week so far. And Rain said, thank you for the sage walking from waking from a deep nap. You're welcome. I'm glad you had a great week, Barb. Sharon said, tired but happy to be here. Yeah, I'm a little tired, too. I don't know if y'all can tell. I went back to work on Monday. <laughs> Linda, I went back to work on Monday. Oh. <laughs> it was, let me tell you, when you're home for two weeks and then you go back to work, it, it was like, it was like, you know, not going, <clears throat> not being in the gym <laughs> for, for, for a month. And you, I came home Monday, I was whipped. I have to get back in the groove. So um, I think maybe now I might be back in the groove a little bit. Not sure, because I'm still kind of tired. Um, but yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thrilled about that. But, you know, I am happy. I'm going to find the silver lining. I am happy that I have, you know, income coming in from this job. Oh, and uh, Sharon said, okay, I thought it was me on Sunday. No, nope, it wasn't you. It was not you. You just, because I remember I was um, streaming live too on Instagram. So my phone just clicked over and, you know, it stayed on Instagram, but YouTube was some kind of crazy. BJ. So, Linda, do you still have the list with you? Uh, yes. So, Linda's going to read the list um, after we tickle our amygdala or before, if she has it handy. She could do it whenever she's why don't, ready. Why don't we do, af why don't we do it after? So. Okay. So, um, of all of the people who won the giveaway, just in case you mm -hmm. didn't look at the video on Sunday. We're just going to, you know, give a little shout out and then you'll know it's you and that you have to email us at the indigo room two at gmail.com. Send me your address so that I can send you your birthday gifts from me. <laughs> okay. Um, I have the, I've got the prize list if you want me to just. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the prize winners are Rain wins the salt lamp, the Himalayan salt lamp. Debbie won the Neville Resurrection book. Sharon won the Paleo, uh, Palo Wood and Sage. BJ won the Indigo Room t-shirt and I won the Indigo Room mug. Right, okay, yay. So BJ didn't even hear that. She said, be right back. <laughs> All right, no worries. We'll, we'll, BJ, you won the mug. 
mug for a mug. I have your mug now. You'll have the indigo room mug. Okay. So we're going to tickle our amygdala. And we tickle our amygdala because it opens our frontal lobe. And it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful go-to tool, especially in the middle of your work day, if you work, if you go out to a job, like, you know, or if you're just sitting at home stressing about stuff. You all got stuff to figure out. You tickle your amygdala and it lights up your frontal lobe. And this is where we get all, you know, it helps with our intuition, with thoughts, ideas, circulation. If you want to work on, you know, different ideas for your business or you, you're working on a problem or whatever it is you got going on up here in your old noggin, it helps. And it's a really quick and easy way to do, you know, to light up your frontal lobe. Hey, Linda, what's going on over there? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> no, I on my tablet, I needed to move it. And oh, all right. I, I thought you were doing something. I was going to say, could you share with the class? What is that? What are you, what are no. you clicking on? Mm -hmm. Huh? Because <laughs> a, a girl is hungry tonight. I didn't eat dinner. Um, okay, so we want you to go find your feather. Go get your feather, wherever it is. Is it in your back pocket? I'm just asking. Is it? Maybe it's in your wallet. Did you stick it in your handbag? <laughs> Everything gets lost in my handbag. I got this big, huge handbag from Jackie when she came to visit me. She brought me all these beautiful handbags. And one of them I love, I think, more than the others. And it's big and it's black. And um, it's a Louis Vuitton handbag. And everything gets lost in that. Everything gets lost in that bag. But I refuse to... to you know, use a different bag. Okay, so you got your feather in your hand. And you know what color your feather is? It's a great way to imagine, use your imagination muscles. So don't just say, you know, oh, yes, Sydney, I have a feather in my hand. And just, you know, it's any old feather. Make it your feather, the feather that you really would. I bet you one of these days, some of you are going to find the exact feather that you have in your hand on the ground. I believe that. That has happened. Right, Linda? That happened to you one time, didn't it? You found your feather on the ground? Uh, yeah. We had turkeys that roosted in the pine trees back behind my father's house. And one day, there was just one laying on the ground, so I picked it up. That's what happens. Okay, so... Close your eyes, imagine the feather in your hands, and you're gonna imagine the bristles and the color of your feather. You all know what color your feather is. Mine is purple, white. I'm gonna add a little blue in there today. And gold. And just feel the bristles. Is it soft? Is it rough? Are they prickly? Okay. Is it a long feather? Is it a short feather? I like mine to be long. So you're going to raise the feather up to the center of your forehead. And then you're going to slide your feather over to the right and just tickle your amygdala on the right. And then you're going to slide your feather over to the left and just tickle your amygdala on the left. <laughs> and then you're going to pull out your feather. And that's it. 
boom, frontal lobe open. You should be smiling. Hey, Wanda's in the house. Hi, Wanda. Oh my goodness, Rain said just what she wanted. <laughs> See how that works? Okay, so we are discussing the resurrection tonight. And um, I had a really delicious time. Besides the fact that I was tired this week, I had a really delicious time reading this on the um, train and the ferry this week. I mean, I started, uh, let me think, I started reading it on Sunday and then, um, you know, got busy. And then I started reading it again on Monday and it was just like, wow, I forgot that. Oh yeah, right, right, right. You know, this is why we do these things because it jogs your memory. And even if you've never read Neville, you don't have any idea who he is or, or, or what he talks about. I just love him. That's all. I just, I just love Neville. So we are in, if you haven't gotten the book, do check out the description below. And it has links for you to be able to pick up the book on Amazon. And um, I am an Amazon, 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 I'm an Amazon, <laughs> I'm an Amazon associate. I'm an Amazon associate and um, affiliate. And I get a little bit of a, a stipend if you do purchase it from me, but you don't have to, you can purchase it anywhere, but it is convenient. You know, it's right there, right there, right, right, right down there. And um, we are in chapter 12 the oneness of god and this was just really a like i said it was a really delicious read for me to reread this again linda are you reading this week yes i can read okay cool beans um all right so we're on page 67. If you have the book, if you have a PDF, I don't know what page you're on, but it's the Oneness of God, chapter 12. Linda, you could read chapter 12 if you want to start out. The okay. first page. The, first, the front page, I mean. Okay. The Oneness of God. Public opinion will no long, will not long endure a theory which does not work in practice. Today, probably more than ever before, man demands proof of the truth of even his highest ideal. For ultimate satisfaction, man must find a principle for which is for him a way of life, a principle which he can experience as true. I believe I have discovered just such a principle in the greatest of all sacred writings, the Bible. Drawn from my own mystical illumination, this book reveals the truth buried within the stories of the Old and New Testaments alike. Briefly, the book states that consciousness is the one and only reality, that consciousness is the cause and manifestation is the effect. It draws the reader's attention to this fact constantly, that the reader may always keep first things first. Having laid the foundation that a change of consciousness is essential to bring about any change of expression 
This book explains to the reader a dozen different ways to bring about such a change of consciousness. This is a realistic and constructive principle that works. The revelation it contains, if applied, will set you free. And who doesn't want to be free? Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Linda, back to reading. Linda used to read for us all the time. She just has a very calming voice. And so many people used to love when Linda reads. So now Linda's reading again. You know how many emails I got or texts I got when people would say, oh, I just love when Linda reads. When is Linda reading? <laughs> cool. Okay, so um, yeah, so this is going to be really, really delicious. Let's dive in, shall we? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our Lord is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, hear, O man, made of the very substance of God, you and God are one and undivided. Man or woman, the world and all within are conditioned states of the unconditioned one, God. So the topic today, what I pulled out from this is, are you using God's name in vain? That's what we're talking about today. Oh, you know what? I forgot to put the telephone number in the chat. If anybody wants to call in tonight, you can do that. Hold on a moment. Let me get the, I always forget the telephone number. Hold on. Let me get it. It's 201. Mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's 201-855-9898. And I keep forgetting to put that in there. But that's the telephone number to call in and add your thoughts to the show tonight. So it's 201-855-9898. Um, but the topic is, are you using God's name in vain? And we're going to delve into that tonight because that's, I think, really important for us to wrap our minds around. I know when we first started reading Neville's Resurrection and first started doing Neville, um, wrapping my whole mind around the thought of I am is God's name. And I am, when I say I am, you know, that's God speaking basically, or, you know, God is within me. I, that was hard. That was, it was a hard thing for me to grasp. But now, I'm all with it. <laughs> um, you are this one. You are God conditioned as man. All that you believe God to be, you are. But you will never know this to be true until you stop claiming it of another or claiming it of someone outside yourself. And recognize that this seeming other to be yourself. God and man, spirit and matter, the formless and the formed, the creator and the creation, the cause and the effect, your father and you are one. This one in whom all conditioned states live and move and have their being is your I am unconditioned consciousness. Now think about that for a minute. Wrap your mind around that for a second. Okay? Y'all hear me? Wrap your mind around that. 
So the one in whom all conditioned states live. We're, this is a conditioned state I'm in right now. This is I'm I'm conditioned. I'm conditioned as Sydney. I have all kinds of thoughts about life. What I can be, what I can't be, what I can do, what I can't do, what I can have, what I can't have. All right. So that started out, you know, after I arrived on the planet, just like all of us, we're all conditioned consciousness, right? We condition states. We live and move and have our being. And your I am is your unconditioned consciousness. It's unconditioned. It has no, no thought, no, it's no respecter of persons. It has no, it has no reference. Like it's just pure, pure energy. If you can even conceive of what pure energy is. Unconditioned consciousness is God the one and only reality. By unconditioned consciousness is meant a sense of awareness, a sense of knowing that I am apart from knowing who I am. The consciousness, I am apart from knowing who I am, the consciousness of being, divorced from that which I am conscious of being. Did you get that? I am aware of being man, but I need not be man to be aware of being. Before I became aware of being someone, I, unconditioned awareness, was aware of being. This awareness does not depend upon being someone. Did you get that? Because I know the first time I heard it and the first time I read it, I had to read it like 50 times. I was like, what? What are you saying, Neville? It's like a tongue twister almost. I am self-existent, unconditioned consciousness. I became aware of being someone and I shall become aware of being someone other than this that I am not now aware of being. But I am eternally aware of being whether I am unconditioned formless or I am conditioned form. So let's go back because everybody. So you know what? I mean, I have to explain it. You may already get it. Does everybody get that? Because if, if, you, if you get it, <coughs> then I don't have to explain it to you. <coughs> I didn't put any water out here. Well, that wasn't smart, Sid. <coughs> yes, she does. I need water. I'm going to get some water. But does everybody get what I just read? Does it make sense to you? Because if it doesn't, then I'll go over it. If it doesn't, if it does make sense, then I won't go over it. <coughs> Excuse me. I need my water. Okay, I got my water. I'm back. Sorry about that. Linda said, I need to think on that some, some more. Yeah. Barb said, yes, it makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> so unconditioned consciousness is God. 
the one and only reality. By unconditioned consciousness is meant a sense of awareness, a sense of knowing that I am apart from knowing who I am. So God became us so that God could know who God is, basically. So if you look at it, you could look at it like that. God is in us. God, we are, we are all little gods, right? So God is inside of us. God is us. Is he's so close, or she's so close, or spirit's so close, or source is so close that he cannot be um, near. Because if it was near, then it would be apart from you. So something in, in order for something to be near you, it really has to not be a part of you. So we would say this book is near Sydney because we look at it as separate. But God is not separate from us, but we think God is separate from us, or we were taught God is separate from us, but God is not separate from us. But God is this unconditioned, um, this unconditioned consciousness that once becomes us is now conditioned, but it's still God, it's just conditioned. Okay, Rain. <clears throat> Wanda said that makes sense. So a sense of knowing that I am apart from knowing who I am, the consciousness of being, divorced from that which I am conscious of being. So when when we arrive here, when we come here, or when we arrive in any you know part of the universe, but we're talking about specifically this planet, when we arrive here, we are no longer <clears throat> conscious of being this unconditioned consciousness. <clears throat> because now we're conditioned. We're in this little body. You know, we have a mother, we have a father, we, you know, we're being raised. And um, <clears throat> why do I have this tickle in my throat tonight? And um, we're being conditioned color, our hair, our bodies, our physical bodies, our thoughts, <clears throat> where we were raised, our grandparents, our cousins, our sisters, our brothers, our dog, our cat, all of that. Animals, pets, we're all conditioned, right? So <clears throat> I am aware of being man, but I need not be man to be aware of being. So if you want to even look at it, you could look at these people now that are saying that they're binary or they're not binary, right? They're just, <clears throat> they don't consider themselves male or female. They're just consciousness or people or whatever they're calling, you know, calling themselves. So they're not looking, they know that there's someone but they're not conditioning themselves to be male or female. They are them. Some of them call themselves them or we or us. They don't want you to say he or she. But I need not be a man to be aware of being. So if you had amnesia even, you might not know that you're a woman. Let's just say you had full, you just had no, you had no, um, you lost all 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 of your conditioned thoughts. You had amnesia. Can't remember your name. 
don't remember your family, don't remember your friends, don't remember where you live. You look at your, your hands and you know that, you know, you're, you're here, you're someone, but I don't need to know that I'm a male or a female or that I'm black or I'm white. That's what, that's what Neville's saying. To know that I'm someone, I'm a being, I'm, I'm looking around, I can see things, but I may not necessarily remember everybody who I, you know, who, who was in my life prior to. <clears throat> so you don't have to, um, you don't have to be a man to be aware of being. Cats, dogs, animals, they are aware of being. <clears throat> They're conscious, right? Um, before I became aware of being someone, I, unconditioned awareness, was aware of being. Before I became aware of being Sydney or being someone in this physical reality, I was aware of being. I was, I was consciousness. I was aware. <clears throat> and this awareness does not depend upon being someone. I'm aware, consciousness is aware, but it does is not dependent on being Sydney. It's not dependent on being anybody. It's alive, it's real, it's present. So consciousness, this being, this awareness, does not have to be conditioned to be. I am self I am the I am self-existent, unconditioned consciousness. I became aware though, of being Sydney, of being someone, of being Rain, Barb, Linda, Wanda, BJ, Sharon. I became aware of that. You could be somebody else. You might not even, what if, what if you didn't, <clears throat> you decided not to be the name that you're called and you decided to switch it up? Does that mean now that you are no longer the person that you are? because you decided not to use the, the name that was given to you at, at birth? No. People do that all the time. Switch up, change names, become an actress, become a singer, change your name. Got nicknames. Not even using the name on your birth certificate. But you're still aware of being, right? So he says, I shall become aware of being someone other than this that I am now aware of being, but I am eternally aware of being, of being. I'm eternally aware of existing, of being. Whether I am unconditioned consciousness, an unconditioned formlessness, or I am conditioned form. Either way, awareness is awareness. Okay, does that make sense now? Okay. All right, cool. As a conditioned state, I, man, might forget who I am or where I am, but I cannot forget that I am, right? You can't forget that you are. This knowing that I am, this awareness of being is the only reality. This unconditioned Consciousness, the I am, is that knowing reality in when all conditioned states, conceptions of myself begin and end. 
but which ever remains the unknown knowing being when all the known ceases to be. So when all the known ceases to be, the I am is still here. Ain't that something? All that I have ever believed myself to be, all that I now believe myself to be, and all that I shall ever believe myself to be are but attempts to know myself, the unknown, the undefined reality. This unknown knowing one or unconditioned consciousness is my true being, the one and only reality. That's the I am within. That's the one and only reality. I know it kind of just, it, it makes you, you got to wrap your mind around it. It took me a while to wrap my mind around it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see, Neville. I see what you're talking about. The unknown knowing one or unconditioned consciousness is my true being, the one and only reality. I am the unconditioned reality conditioned. So you can change the condition once you get that, grasp that in your, put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. You might want to add a little, you know, sage of another kind. <laughs> So this unknown knowing one or unconditioned consciousness is my true being, the one and only reality. I am the unconditioned reality conditioned. That's who we are. I am the unconditioned reality conditioned as Sydney. That's Sydney. That's, that's me. Solid as a rock. That's who I am until I change that, right? Until I change it and become something else, which you can. Um, the world, oh, I'm sorry. I am the believer limited by my beliefs. The knower defined by the known. So that's why if somebody asks you to do something or an opportunity pops up and you say to yourself, well, I can't do it. I'm, you know, this is not me. I'm never going to do, I'm never going to. What? See, I am of the ilk. This has always been me. I am of the ilk that I refuse to be a shoulda, coulda, woulda. Check. That's not me. That's my conditioned self. I'm never going to be a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Because I'm going to take the opportunity as they come and say, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll try it. Because when I leave here, when I finally leave this place, I want to be able to say, yeah, man, I lived the out of my life. <laughs> I tried it all. All of the things that I wanted to try except flying in a poopy plane. I've done that, I don't like it, but I've done it. <laughs> I didn't do it, I didn't do it, Barb. I just don't like it. Um, the world is my conditioned consciousness objectified. 
Your world is your conditioned consciousness objectified, objects. So everything that you have right now in your world is from within you, from your conditioned consciousness, everything. And that can change when you decide that you want to change it. That which I feel and believe to be true of myself is now projected in space as my world. Did you get that? Did that hit home? Everything that which, oh, sorry. That which I feel and believe, oh, where was I? Oh yeah, that which I feel and believe, that which I feel and believe to be true. Whatever you feel and to and believe to be true about you inside or just about things, about people, about circumstances, about whatever, is now projected in space as my world. It's like a projector. This is what we see. This is what we experience. This is this is my world. This 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 is my world, Sydney. This is this is just how things are. They don't have to be that way. When you start understanding that your I am that's in you, the I am that is you, the I am that is you, that's conditioned by all of the things that you thought to be true and believed all of your life. Listen, I was a Jehovah's Witness. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. If I can uncondition myself to not think, be, do, and have all of those things that used to, that made me who I was as a Jehovah's Witness, you can unravel your own thoughts and beliefs and things that you thought to be true. Some things are true whether you want to believe it or not. That's what Shakespeare said, my dear Horatio. Um, the world, my mirrored self, ever bears witness of the state of consciousness in which I live. So your world will always tell on you. That's what I got this week. Your world will always tell on you. It will always tell on you. So whatever you're experiencing in your world is, a, is an exact direct result of what your consciousness is. Okay, so everybody says, hey, Funky Double Zero's in the house. Everybody says they get that. <clears throat> Delicia. Rain says, I'm like that too. I will figure it out later, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. No woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda. That's, what, that's how you wound up being on a ranch. Taking care of horses and such. There is no chance or accident responsible for the things that happen to me or the environment in which I find myself. Nor is predestined fate the author of my fortunes or misfortunes. Innocence and guilt are mere words with no meaning to the law of consciousness, except as they reflect the state of consciousness itself. The consciousness of guilt calls forth condemnation. 
I know that um, I had a consciousness of guilt for a very long time because being raised a Jehovah's Witness, um, you're not allowed to take blood. And in order for me to have survived and lived through the trauma that I had to go through back in the day when I almost died. Well, I've, you know, I've almost died several times. One time I did die. But, you know, back in the day when I almost died. And my husband at the time um, got made, you know, they got a court order. He signed the paper. They got a court order. I had to get blood. I was not having it. I was a youngin. I was still a Jehovah's Witness, still in a conditioned mindset of being a Jehovah's Witness, and I refused to accept the blood. And they got the blood, and they gave it to me, saved my life. And you know what? Do you know how ungrateful I was? I felt so guilty. I was so guilty about being alive, and I had that consciousness for a long time. Oh, you know, I had a life. I lived my life. I did things, you know, you know, I had children and I got married and, you know, I had friends. Sharon was my friend still back then, still my friend now, but I had friends and, but my family stopped talking to me because, you know, once you get kicked out, they can't have anything to do with you. And so in my mind, God hated me. That was it. I didn't even understand why I was still on the planet. I was like, I don't, this is ridiculous, quite frankly. I would go to bed crying so many nights because I felt guilty about having that blood put in my body and I felt guilty about being alive. That is a really sucky place to be. However, the good news is I managed somehow to find a way you know, um, to, to, to change that consciousness and be happy to be alive and realize that. And then I, you know, I went to this whole, you know, Oh, God forgives me kind of thing. And I don't really think God forgave me for anything because there was nothing to forgive. I'm alive. If I wasn't supposed to be alive, I wouldn't be alive. So, but guilt calls forth condemnation. And I cannot tell you how my life went wicky-wacky with the guilt. So I had the guilt that the baby died. I had guilt that I almost died. I had guilt that I was alive. I had guilt. Was, oh, whew, tell you. It was a mess. The consciousness of lack produces poverty. I had that too. Girl, man, I was sick. Consciousness of guilt. Consciousness of lack. Consciousness of insecurity, consciousness of all kinds of things. I have to say, I look better now than I did when I was my, when I was younger, just because of my mindset. I feel better. Sharon said, "I remember that like it was yesterday." Yes, I know you do. I'm not trying to drudge up, you know. I'm not trying to bring dead dead bodies back because that's the past. But I'm just trying to get you to understand that the consciousness is what you experience in your reality. Change the consciousness, change the state, change your reality, change your world. Um, 
Man everlasting objectifies the state of consciousness in which he abides, but he has somehow or, or other become confused in the interpretation of the law of cause and effect. He has forgotten that it is the inner state which is the cause of the outer manifestation. As within, so without. And in his forgetfulness, he believes that an outside God has his own particular reasons. That's what I used to believe for doing things, such, such, um, such reasons beyond the comprehension of mere man and woman. You know, well, it's you know, God's a mystery, right? So it's just you know, mysteries to behold. No, really, it's not. It's not really. It's not. This is why I love Neville because he's very practical. It's not really a mystery when you can look back at the things that you've experienced in your life and and really, really dig deep. I know sometimes, you know, people say you don't want to look at law of attraction. Um, if you think it, you know, you created, you created that, you created that, you know, this is not victim shaming. This is not blaming people. This is not blaming anybody. It's just, if you look back at some of the things that you were feeling you can understand moving forward how you may have found yourself in certain situations. I know for me, that whole feeling of guilt, it started, it started, first of all, when I had sex before I got married. Oh my God, right? Because if you're raised a Jehovah's Witness, whoo, Lord, you can't you can't be doing that. I could, I could, I could line it up. Guilt. Then I lost the baby. Guilt. Then I almost died. Guilt. Then I took the blood. Guilt. Then, you know, I I, I uh, wound up being with this man. Guilt. And it was just guilt, 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 guilt. And you could see how certain things would transpire in my life and things that experienced just with those, just with that one conditioned thought. I'm not even talking about the rest of the conditioned thoughts that I had and consciousness that I had. That's just one vibration. Just one. Lorraine said, I had a consciousness of lack for many years and it affected and it reflected in my life. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, when we start to start to dig a little bit, it's a combination of things. You know, like you can't, I, I, this is what I say. You can't look at one consciousness, one idea, one state and say, oh, that's the exact reason why this happened. But you can look at it, you can look at, you know, you don't have to, but you, if you want to dig a little bit into your own stuff, you can look at there's a combination of different vibrations that we had might have had going on you know and it's not that this exact thing happened because we had this exact vibration it's a combination of vibrations and this is how neville helps us to unravel the layers the layers of ourselves and the 
the barnacles that we have attached to us. Some of this stuff, you know, we might have brought in from the last time we were here. I'm of the ilk, and I'm trying to unravel all that nonsense. <laughs> so the next time I roll back up in here, if I choose to, you know, it won't be so rough. Um, as within, so without, and in his forgetfulness, he believes that an outside God has his own particular reason for doing things, such reasons being beyond the comprehension of mere man. Or he believes that people are suffering because of past mistakes, which have been forgotten by the conscious mind, or again, that blind chance alone plays the part of God. Only one day, man, woman, will realize that his own I amness is the God he has been seeking throughout the ages, and that his own sense of awareness, his consciousness of being, is the one and only reality. Now, if I'd have known this back then, woof, I'd been I'd have been a force to be reckoned with coming up here, but I'm a force to be reckoned with now. Took me a while, but I'm, you know, I'm good. The most difficult thing for a man to really grasp is this. That is the I amness in himself or herself is God. That was difficult for me to grasp. A lot. It took me a long time to grasp, finally grasp that within my own spirit. I had to write it down and put it on my, and put it in my house. And then when I looked at it, I would cringe a little bit because I felt like I felt like it was blasphemy. Guilt. How dare you, Sydney, even think that you're I am, I am God in me. What? But I, I'm I'm good with it now. But it took me it took me a little bit to wrap that around in my brain, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul. So the most difficult thing for a man, woman is to grasp that. To grasp the I amness in himself, herself is God. It is his, her true being or father state, the only state he can be sure of, the son. His conception of himself is an illusion. He always knows that he is, but that which he is, is an illusion created by himself, the father, in an attempt to self-definition. So God in us, rolling around as us, is so he could know himself, herself, the consciousness I am. Wanda said, amen, sister. Barb says, I understand, started at home, sex was bad. Then as a Christian scientist who didn't live up to their ideals, the shame and guilt I felt took a long time to get off of myself. Yeah, there's a loads, millions of us walking around with that crap. 
Rain said, Barb, I was fortunate. My mom allowed me to be whomever I was at any given time, freedom. That's a wonderful thing, Rain. God bless you. Didn't happen to a lot of us, though. <laughs> um, God bless your mom. Let's see. This discovery reveals that all that I have believed God to be, I am. All that I have believed God to be, I am. Can you grasp that? Can you, can you even accept that for yourself? All that you believe God to be, you are. That was a hard one for me to get. Because, you know, everything that I think of God as being almighty, powerful, um, revenge. I used to think God was vengeful, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, all that. Harsh, loving at times if you do the right thing, hard taskmaster. All of that is who I was because, you know, the conditions that I was. I was so hard on myself. I was so um, not nice to myself. In fact, I hated myself for a long time. The discovery reveals that I have believed, all that I have believed God to be, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. So when we used to think of Jesus, saying, I am the resurrection and the life, you are that too. I am the resurrection and the life is a statement of fact concerning my consciousness. For my consciousness resurrects or makes visibly alive that which I am conscious of being. And how do you get conscious of being whatever? All that I am conscious of being, I am the resurrection and the life. I say that a lot to myself, not out loud, because, you know, some folks will think I'm crazy and I'm not trying to get into no kind of confrontation with people. <laughs> but I do say it often to myself a lot. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the perfection filling. I am the, I am the consciousness filling my perfect. Filling my world with perfection this day. I say that all the time. Just roll it around. And I know when I say I am the resurrection and the life, and I'm like, especially if I'm having like a kind of a rough day or if I feel kind of painful, if I have some pain going on, I immediately go there. Immediately. It's like it just kicks in lately. It just kicks in. I am the resurrection and the life. Now we'll repeat it and 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 repeat it until I start to feel better. And I always feel better after a while of saying that just that. So I am the door. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Shows me that my consciousness is the one and only entrance into the world of expression 
that by assuming the consciousness of being or possessing the thing which I desire to be or possess is only is the only way by which I can become it or possess it. That any attempt to express this desirable state in ways other than by assuming the consciousness of being or possessing it is to be robbed of the joy of expression and possession. So again, it's assuming the wish fulfilled, assuming the desire fulfilled, assuming it already done, whatever it is that you want to be, do and have, you have to get into that feeling. The feeling is the secret, feeling is the key. It's pretty daunting to think that one has the ability to create universes. <laughs> Right? Not in our conditioned state of consciousness, but yeah, in our unconditioned state of consciousness, absolutely. And that's why that gentleman that I keep telling y'all about, who was able to put his hand in his pocket and pull out money when he needed to, is able to do what he's able to do. And there are probably a whole lot of people running around here on this planet that could do the same, that could pull substance, could pull form when they need it, because they are in that, they are in that, that, that thought, they are in that consciousness, they are in that awareness, they are in that ascension. And, you know, he was really he was just knowing. He, he wasn't trying to show off either. It was just a knowing. It was just something matter of fact for him. You know, it wasn't like, oh, look what I can do. Because Jesus already told us these things and more shall you do. That is in every single Christian Bible. I think something similar is in the Quran. I'm not sure. I haven't read the Quran in a long time. But something similar is in there. So it's in the Hermetica. It's in um, the Bhaktivedanta. I can never, the Bhaktivedanta. I can never pronounce that correctly. But it's in many, 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 many texts. Not phrased exactly that way, but the same concept, the same idea. I am the beginning and the end reveals my consciousness as the cause of birth and the death of all expression. I am have sent me reveals my consciousness to be the Lord which sends me into the world in the image and likeness of that which I am conscious of being to live in a world composed of all that I am conscious of. I am the Lord and there is no God beside me declares my consciousness to be the one and only Lord and beside my consciousness, there is no God because God is your consciousness. So it can't be, it can't be beside you because I am the Lord and there is no God beside me. If your I am is God within you, who is beside you? What God could be beside you? Can't be. Be still and know that I am God means that I should still the mind and know that consciousness is God. Whew. 
means that I should still the mind, the monkey mind, and that's what we do when we do our doxy, right? Hopefully you all are still doing your doxy at night. I don't even know if he, he, he probably does. I don't even know if he knows that we call it doxy. Are you doing your doxy? Um, be still, still, uh, means that be still and know that I am God means that I should still the mind and know that consciousness is God. Thou shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That used to get me in trouble so much when I was a kid growing up. Because if I said, oh, my God, I get daylights, you know. I, 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 what did you just say, young lady? Especially my grandmother was a reverend. And my auntie, who was a reverend. And my father, who was a preacher, a minister, a big thing, big deal in the Jehovah's Witness community. Uncles aunties, everybody, reverends, preachers, pastors. You can't be walking around saying, oh my God, what? You are in deep, deep doo-doo if you doo-doo. You taking the name of God in vain? That is a, that is a beating. That's punishment. You're going to hell. All kinds of things are going to happen to you. <clears throat> I am the Lord. That is my name. Now that you have discovered your I am consciousness to be God, do not claim anything to be true of yourself that you would not claim to be true of God, for in defining yourself, you are defining God. So if you say, I am sick, what do you think you're saying about God? That is taking the name of God in vain. If you saying I am broke, what do you think you're saying about your God? If you saying I am stupid, then you're calling God stupid. I'm an idiot. Well, then you're calling God an idiot. I am whatever derogatory thing that you can think of that you call yourself, that we call ourselves, that's what we're doing. So it would behoove you and me to catch yourself in the middle of calling yourself, your God, dumb, Broke, stupid, fat, ugly, crazy, illiterate, whatever you can think of. Skinny, whatever. You know, whatever thing feels derogatory to you. 
I ain't got no money. I'm never going to have any money. So you think God is not, God is lackable. God is not abundant. But you pray, but we pray. God is going to take care of it, but I'm broke. Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Welcome. Hi. So check yourselves. Check yourselves. I'm checking myself. That's why I got I am adored, loved, and successful up on my wall, around my house, in my books. I catch myself when I say, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Nope, I'm not stupid. I'm very smart. <laughs> I catch myself because it's just it's just conditions that we have been taught, we have picked up, we have learned, and you know, we continue and our kids hear it and then it becomes generational. I am ugly. I look ugly today. So you calling God ugly? That's what you're doing, basically. Not basically, you, you're doing it. I refuse to do that to, 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 the, to myself and God, my God that's in here. So we're almost done. That which you are conscious of being is that which you have named God. That which you are conscious of being is what you have named God. So are you using God's name in vain? Just a question. I'm just asking. Because if you know, if you're not, then this is not for you. If you are, you may want to check yourself. I'm sick. Why would you even put that up there? Why would you? Nope. I know it probably does not feel good to you to say that, you know, when you're not feeling, feeling, you know, you're, you're, you're like today I said, I am tired. So I was calling God tired. I am tired. God is tired. God is tired of me because I'm tired. Let the weak say, I am strong. That's what the scriptures say. Let the weak, doesn't say, um, let the weak say, well, I'm getting there, you know, I'm stuck. The, let the weak say, I am strong. That is a direct command for your I am. You may not really accept it or believe it at first, but you continue to do it over and over, over and over, over and over until it starts to starts to click. Let the weak say, I am strong. Why do you think that's in there? So Whatever you are conscious of being is that which you have named God. See, when I reread that this week, I went, oh, yeah. yes, 
You're right. I forgot. I forgot. That's everything. So I'm real. I'm 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 being really conscious of how I'm using my I am's and how I'm using, you know, what I'm conscious of being. One of the things I'm right now is I am a successful, opulent, prosperous person. 33 times for three days. I got one more day to do that and then I'm starting on something else because I need that to get into my consciousness. I need that to seep into my subconscious and my consciousness. Your unconditioned consciousness or I am and that which you are conscious of being are one. The conceiver and the conception are one. If your conception of yourself is less than that which you claim as true of God, you have robbed God, goddess, source, your higher self. You robbed them. Right in the and, and and robbed the tip. The father, because you, the son or conception, daughter, bear witness of the father or conceiver. Do not take the magical name of God, which is I am in vain, for you will not be held guiltless. You must express all, you must express all that you claim to be. Name God by consciously defining yourself as your highest ideal. So you may feel sick right now. Okay. But that's because you we created that way back when, who knows when, when we were thinking conscious of being ill and, you know, not being well and not feeling good. And we were conscious of that. We, you know, because things don't manifest like that. Things don't manifest right away, usually. Sometimes it takes time for certain things. You know, some seeds, you plant them, they pop up like in a matter of days. Other seeds, you plant them, and it takes time. It takes a lot of time for it to manifest because it's a, it's a, um, ongoing process. You know, some trees don't grow up overnight, right? Some seeds, they do. Some seeds don't. The bamboo tree takes six years for it to start to shoot up out of the ground. So six years of consciousness of, oh God, I hope I don't get sick. Oh God, look at how, oh God, you know, I'm so glad. I don't want to get this. I don't want to get that. I don't want to, I don't want to, six years later, boom, you got it. I don't know. I'm just saying. So I don't know how long everything takes. I'm just saying some things, um, when you plant them in your consciousness, take longer to manifest, but they're planted by us. So it's not like you're going to have this thought tonight and they, uh, you know, and tomorrow, you know, you're going to fall down. You thought about it today and tomorrow you're going to fall down. Some people have that, that happen immediately because their consciousness is like that. And some others don't about certain things. There's just so many different vibrations. There's just so many different thoughts and consciousnesses, states, states of consciousness 
that we go in and out of all day long. But when you start to realize that everything, everything that you are saying you are, that's what you're naming God. And that's how you're using God's name in vain. I am broke. I am sick. I am ugly. I am fat. I am a useless. I'm no good. You're calling God that. Then we turn around and we go, oh God, you know, God, I love you, God. God, you're so wonderful. God, you so you so you take care of me. You take care of my family. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But meanwhile, calling yourself stupid, calling yourself broke, calling yourself whatever else you're calling yourself. You have this consciousness, you know, this consciousness going on. So that is the end. of chapter 12, Freedom for All. Any thoughts, ideas, questions? Let's see. Bob said, yes, Linda, it is, but we can do it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can, Bob. Um, Barb said, I used your I am strong, prosperous, healthy, adored, and loved today. Help me a lot. Oh, XO hugs to you too, hugs and kisses. Good, 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 good. You have to put it around, I think, you know, put it around you so you can see it and it reminds you. You know, sometimes things like I have some stuff up on my wall and stuff like that. Sometimes I, I miss it because staring, right, staring me right in my face, you know, I got to open up the cabinets right there. And then I go, oh, you know what? Sydney, stop, read that, put it in your consciousness. So if it wasn't there, you know, I wouldn't stop and put it in my consciousness. I'd just keep ripping and roaring, running around here muck, running amok. But I, you know, when I find things um, that I go, oh, I want to put that in my consciousness, I'd put it around, I'd put it around the house. Like, again, I don't know if you all did this this week, as I asked, as I suggested that you write on your water bottles and containers I am the presence charging this water with the life-giving essence which I absorb and which renews my body in perfect health and eternal youth. That's what's on the water on all the water bottles. Because you know I write on my water. And I'm telling you, my water tastes different. It tastes a lot better. Um so write those things around. That's why I was asking about affirmations on Sunday. Um, we're reading chapter 12. Kristen says, the wall works. Speaking positivity works. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of your greatness. Leaving notes for yourself is a great help. I have learned the hard way. Yep. You have to do that. Barb says, sticky post-it notes everywhere, even in my car. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, and, you know, when you write it down, that's why I don't put stuff in my phone. Like, I do have a reminder in my phone to remind me about, you know, to take a break or, you know, to, to focus. But I like to write things down because it becomes a part of you when you have pen to paper 
something happens, there's something that happens, there's a little bit of magic that happens that it starts to become a part of you. And that's why writing it down is so key. Um, I do want to let you know that we do have a scheduled guest finally. Yay! One of them. Um, Alexis Akron, the artist, has, has agreed to come and join us on the Indigo Room June 23rd on a Sunday. So we're going to have her, um, I think I showed you some of her art and she's amazing. She's a conscious, very conscious young lady in her artwork. So we're gonna have her on uh, June 23rd. So if you wanna join the chat, get your Google stuff together work on it, figure it out. So you can join us on the call and you can ask her questions and um, go visit her website and you know make a purchase. She's amazing. She does some amazing work. I just, and this is going to be her first appearance. We are her first um, time that she's ever done one of this. Nobody's ever asked her. So I did. How exciting is that? So Alexis is gonna be joining us June 23rd at 1130. Um, Rain said, I missed a little. You started Andy and I on a life conversation. Thank you, Sydney. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Jackie, hi, welcome. I've been here listening to everything. I find I digest more in the silence of listening. I have learned so much tonight. Congratulations on the guest. Oh, you're, thank you. And you're welcome. Glad you learned so much. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just, you know, sit back in the cut, in the bushes, to hang out in the bushes, you know, peeking in and listening. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that happens. Linda, do you have anything you want to share before we roll up out of here tonight? I'm good. Other than thanks, everybody. Linda said thank you, everybody. And um, we will be here on Sunday at 11.30 a.m. with bells on. And remember to um, hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done that already. Subscribe. Well, I know you all subscribed. But I'm telling the people that are listening later. Hit the thumbs up button, like, comment, subscribe, and check out all of the links down in the description below. If you'd like to make a love donation, you can do that through PayPal, and our cash app is dollar sign the indigo room. You can find all of the books that we are reading and all of the gifts that we gave away. If you want to purchase them on your own, all of the links are in the description below. Um, you can join us in the I Am Statements group. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on um, Instagram. All of the links are, are, are down there, right down there below. So I hope you have a great night and enjoy the rest of your week. Remember who you are. Remember that you are source energy right here in a physical body. God in a physical body. You can be, do, and have anything that you desire. And remember, it's not being extraordinary that makes you unique. It is your uniqueness that makes you oh so extraordinary. I love you all and have a great night. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you on Monday. I mean, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, 1130 Eastern Time.
I think that's 8.30 Pacific. Bye. Love you. Bye, Linda. Thank you. Bye-bye.